The Outline, World Dispatch. It's Thursday, July 27, 2017. I'm Jeffy Haza. Today on The Dispatch, writer Owen Higgins on Trump's ban on transgender people in the military. These kind of changes really will make this strategy backfire. And Anne Derek Gaillot on a new anti-meat movie. The bigger question is how do we make plant-based diets accessible for all people? Here's the dispatch. Power. Hey, Owen. Hey. Yesterday, Donald Trump tweeted that transgender people will no longer be allowed to serve in the military. And it seems to have caught a lot of people by surprise. And you wrote a little bit about how there are political implications to this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it, it did take people by surprise because Trump does not really seem like he particularly cared about this issue either way. On October 31st in 2016, he made a point to walk out to a rally uh, before the election holding the rainbow flag that said LGBT for Trump. Um, and in February 2017, Anthony Scarmucci, who at that point was not the communications director for the Trump administration, called Trump the most pro-LGBTQ rights POTUS in history. Mm. So this kind of came out of nowhere, although he did have he does have Mike Pence as vice president. However, it is kind of sudden. It is coming out of nowhere, and it seems like it's aimed at political advantage. Mm. And that um, that idea was only solidified in a Trump official's comments to Axios, uh, in which they said, quote, this forces Democrats in Rust Belt states like Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin to take complete ownership of this issue. How will the blue-collar voters in these states respond when senators up for re-election in 2018, like Debbie Stabenow, are forced to make their opposition to this a key plank of their campaigns? And that, that to me, seems like an interesting point. So... Donald Trump is playing sort of a 2018 chess match against Democrats by coming out kind of strongly against transgender rights to force Democrats to defend them. What it what it reminds me of is in 2004 when uh, Karl Rove and the Bush campaign used the issue of gay marriage as a way to generate voter turnout and enthusiasm for their candidate. In some way, I think that the GOP could see the writing on the wall and knew that eventually they were going to lose this battle. And so they might as well use the anger and the resistance to this while they still had time to do it. Mm. And I think that that is, is similar to what's going on here. So, I mean, thinking back of this as a political strategy, is this a, is this sort, of, sort of a death trap that Democrats can't really escape? Or is there is there a... a a way forward for Democrats to not only, you know, stand up and defend transgender rights, but also say, you know, everything else that GOP stands for, we are also against. Well, it would be, it'd be great if they would take that kind of a, a position. Um, I, I think that there is less, less of an appetite for that kind of line in the sand policy. However, I do think that by making this an issue, I, I think that that's actually a miscalculation. Hmm. Polling has shown consistently and quickly over the last two years that this issue 
has gone from maybe maybe plurality of Americans being uncomfortable with the idea of transgender rights and to now uh, some polling I found from uh, last December showed that a plurality of Americans support transgender rights. A majority of a bare majority, but a majority of Americans believe that uh, transgender people should be able to use the bathroom conforming to their gender identity. I think that these kind of changes are, are the kind of changes that really will make this strategy backfire to the GOP, and it might even make it backfire in 2018, which, as I said, is seems to be their uh, their goal, is to use it for, the, for that year. Uh, well, thanks a lot. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be right back. Culture. What the Health is the latest documentary aiming to open meat eaters' eyes to the evils of animal agriculture. If that many people were being killed by some terrorist group in the United States every year, we would find them. From a community standpoint, from all other aspects, we're in a state of emergency. Anne Derek Gaillot has seen the movie, and she's here to talk about it. Hi, Anne. Hi, Jeff. What's this documentary about? This documentary follows Kip Anderson, who basically takes the viewer through his journey discovering the links between government organizations like the American Diabetes Association and American Heart Association and their ties to the meat and dairy industries and how they all work together to keep us um, hooked on meat and dairy products, even though they're bad for our health. I feel like I've heard things like things along that line for a long time from the more call it extreme animal rights side of things where you know the government really wants the meat industry to be happy and things like that the filmmakers have said what makes the documentary special is how they specifically explain the collusion as they put it between the government and um the animal agriculture industries and producers. But really, it's kind of just like these other movies that are meant to scare you into being a vegan or a vegetarian. Hmm. I just feel like that's something that we've seen before. And the bigger question is, how do we make plant-based diets accessible for all people, especially people of color and people who live on low incomes? Hmm. The argument has never been made that you know, poor people just love eating meat. It's more about access to foods. And you say this documentary doesn't really touch on that? Yeah, it really doesn't at all. There's one instance towards the end where they're really, you know, talking about the benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. And they kind of address uh, concerns like that it's very expensive, but they really just brush it aside and say, no, it's not. You can just buy things in bulk, buy things that are in season. And doesn't talk about how like not every neighborhood has a really well-stocked Whole Foods and not everyone can afford to buy fresh produce from the sources that they want to. One of the things I think about is the fact that in some low-income neighborhoods, you do find community gardens and you do find literature and people who are activists who are trying to get their communities to eat better and trying to lobby the cities that they're in to you know, provide better eating situations for low-income neighborhoods. 
where do you think what what do you think a documentary that wanted to kind of dig into the history of you know people of color in America and in their coinciding with health food movements? What points would a documentary like that hit? Yeah, a documentary like that I think would be amazing because it would show people of color who are really taking the reins in this movement rather than communities of color just being the victims of misinformation and government conspiracy. You know, when you look at um, activists, people of color who are advocating for community gardens and better access to healthier foods, you also touch on the history of plant-based diets that Asian, African, and South American, a lot of cultures from those areas already had. Hmm. One point that was really interesting in the movie that I thought they could have dug into more is that most people who descend from Africa, South America, Asia are lactose intolerant and so and don't really come from traditions of eating a ton of meat. Mm. So I think that's something that they could have dug into in the film more and that could have helped the discussion in a way away from fear-mongering and more towards how within reach a plant-based diet can be. Well, thanks a lot, Anne. Oh, I, I want to slip in that Steve-O was in the movie for some reason, because that is what is sticking with me from this movie. Why was Steve-O in this movie? I know he's really turned his life around, but he added nothing to the film. It talks about how he was going to appear at an American Diabetes Association event, and then he saw that they were serving meat, and he compared it to serving alcohol at an AA meeting, and he said he walked out, and there was no other context, no other words from Steve-O. Wow. He is a vegan, though, that I am seeing online. He is a vegan. So, you know, that wasn't made clear, and that's why I was so confused. I see. Well, thanks a lot, Anne. Thank you, Jeff. That concludes The Dispatch. If you like our show, we do it four days a week, Monday through Thursday. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. I'm Jeffy Haza. Have a great weekend. More Stories Monday.